ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rewind Wrestling Radio right here on the Rewind Wrestling Network where I, your host Ted Weston, along with my crew, OG Will, the New Mouth of the South, Tyler Peters, Rep Amy Veronica, the Temptress Witch Ivy, the Executive Nelio Cuomo Costa, the Presenter of the Key, Kevin Key, and the Cuz, Cousin Mike, bring you the best content in wrestling podcasting. It's the indies, it's the pros, it's anywhere you go. Let's jump right in to Rewind Wrestling Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rewind Wrestling Radio right here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. I'm your host, Ted Weston, and we are here tonight. It is an all-boys night. It is a guy's night out. We are uh, we are out doing a pub crawl. We're out doing the whole thing right now. No, we're not. We're sitting in our basements doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, so we are going to talk a lot about uh, WrestleMania 15 tonight, which is Key's uh, rewind choice as he is the Pepe Silva champion right now. But before we get there, please remember to go and like, comment, share, subscribe on this video on YouTube. Remember to listen across all your podcast platforms. If you are not following us on social media, hit us up on social media at Rewind Podcast, W R E W I N D P O D C A S T. Please, please, please. Please go buy some merch at whatamaneuver.net and get your tickets for Coastal Championship Wrestling at ccwrestlingfl.com slash events. Use promo code Amy, A-M-Y, to get 10% off at checkout. All right, my friends. Key, you uh, you picked this pay-per-view. Talk to us, brother. Why did you pick this pay-per-view? To punish well, us all. Obviously, <laughs> it's because, one, we're coming off of Extreme Rules in Philadelphia. And two, we are all preparing for WrestleMania 40. So make sure you buy your merch so we can pay for parking. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> as well as to all the other things. There goes my microphone that WrestleMania 40 brings in Philadelphia. This is a nice little reminder of what it was like in Philadelphia way back in WrestleMania 15. Yeah, at the first Union Center. Yeah, that was woo, woo. that. That was my biggest question: was what was the name of the arena at this point? It was the first it's, Union it's the Center. FU Center. It was yeah. perfect. There's yep. only been seven different names. Yep. Yep. Hey, man, and it could have been the Big House. It could have been. It could. It could have been the Spectrum. You know. So oh, imagine if they had it at the Vet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It couldn't have gotten more Philly than that, brother. I've been to two Eagles games. One of them was at the vet. Oh, I can just imagine mankind taking a bump on the goddamn sod. <laughs> well, I can only imagine Stone Cold and the Rock fighting through the crowd of the vet and oh, literally Jesus. going through the concrete ramp all the way up, all oh, the way around man. five times to get to the to get to the seven hundred. <laughs> it would have been fantastic. Batteries. <laughs> This was a failure. This was a failure in advertising. What the oh, hell? Oh, man. <laughs> Obviously, we are better creative than WrestleMania 15. <laughs> yes. yes. That could have that could have started the uh, the stadium shows for, for Mania right? like that. <laughs> it could have only gone up from there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Ted, I did something unique on this pay-per-view. Okay. Rewatching. I started to make a death count. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And this is not including, like, the referee death count. This would include wrestler's death count. So I'm going to have a trivia question in the end because there was a battle royal prior to the WrestleMania on Sunday Night Heat. And that battle royal was to, because Vince McMahon hates tag teams, put together two random guys uh, for a tag team match. Those two random guys turned out to be Test and D'Lo Brown. So 
My trivia question, are there more people currently passed away from that battle royal? So participants in that battle royal who have passed away or participants in WrestleMania's actual show that have been passed away? Oh, let's see. Hold on. I gotta look. I have the card in front of me so I can cheat. Uh <laughs> well that's unfair. One, two I didn't even watch the I didn't get to watch the, the Battle Royal. I saw like highlights and stuff of it. Mm. I, I like this count. I like this thinking. Mm. <laughs> Three, four. <sighs> well, there's four guys that are dead. There are four workers that are dead from the main card. And and you also have to include people like wrestlers who made special appearances on the show. So you're talking Patterson and Briscoe. Oh, Is Briscoe man, dead? That, Is Briscoe there's, dead? There's a, those are two names I I took, uh, I did not Briscoe's even have on my list. Okay, so Briscoe's alive though. So Patterson's dead. That's five. Uh. Nice trivia question, throwing you to the wolves right away. Oh man, <laughs> well I'm I'm gonna say there are more guys that have passed away from the battle royal. I'm going than from I'm, the main card. I'm going the same answer. Battle royal. So the the Sunday Night Heat battle royal included the passing, the passed away, uh, the deaths of Rocco Rock, Johnny Grunge. Hulk and Animal, Brian Christopher, and Viscera, who's obviously known as Mabel. That's six from that battle royal. And there's six on the main card. So main card, and you're you're looking at like Patterson and Patterson, things like that. All right. Main card wise, participants on the main card. Test. Yep. The big boss man. Yep. Owen Hart. Yep. Paul Bearer. Yep. Oh, I didn't think of Paul Bear. Oh, neither did I. Yep. China. China. Pat Patterson. Gorilla Monsoon, who oh, I yeah. was his he last was... WWE appearance ever. And he was one of the judges for the Brawl for All. And Nicole Bass. Wow. Nicole Bass's debut. So, how many is that total? I believe that's eight. That's eight. So eight that's plus a, six. That's fourteen. Damn. I, I, that's a lot. Just six on the one within that one match. Oh Jesus! A rip, man. Rest in peace, for real. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, well, damn. it's funny because I was watching the brawl for all and seeing Gorilla Monsoon ringside. I'm like, yeah, this has to be one of his last appearances ever, ever. And, and then I looked it up. Like, yeah, he died in October of that year. So wow. it was his, it was his last WWF appearance. Wow, that's crazy. That's really crazy. Damn. Where's well, Tyler? Where's Tyler with the history? Right. Well, no, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, guys. History, and I didn't. I didn't realize how many people had passed. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm usually the dude in the now. Mm. No. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. I'm. Uh, Depressed I'm, now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I started to sound depressed, and it's only gonna get worse, Ted. It is oh, gonna get worse man. because we have to talk about this whole show. Um, although, what I will say to you is, this is the this is the first WrestleMania I ever saw. 
So I, I owned WrestleMania 14. I know WrestleMania 14 actually better than I know this one because I owned it on VHS um, <laughs> because it was Sean's last match. And so I had to have it, right? What an old statement. Naturally. Right? Shut up. <laughs> Dickhead. Um, wait till you wait till I get my story, OG. Wait till my story happens. Um throw my dad under the bus. But this was the WrestleMania where like this was the year where like my fandom really became fandom and not just like the casual fan. Um this was like the prime time year because everyone in my school was talking about how WrestleMania was going to be in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like a, that was a big thing. Um, let's, let's talk about this card a little bit and we'll interject our stories kind of in between here. Okay. Um, I want to start with the, the, the card opener, which was a triple threat for the hardcore championship. Which means you have one question for us. What does everybody want? Head! What does everybody need? Head! What does everybody love? Head! Honestly, like going back and seeing that character for Al Snow, I think that's one of the best characters of all time in wrestling to me, just because like, he he was handed a gimmick and was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to run with it. <laughs> Listen, I don't know well, if it was one of the best characters of all time, but it was one of the best sell jobs by a worker I mean, of all time. It's one of my favorite ones. I'll that was that. his original uh, gimmick from ECW. Well, yeah. Wow. Damn. I feel <laughs> old as shit right now. But anyway, this was uh, Hardcore Holly versus... Daddy Ass, Billy Gunn, um, who is then just known as the Ass Man for our younger crowd that doesn't know him as anything but Daddy <laughs> Ass and Scissor Me. Okay, he was telling you to suck it long before he was telling you to scissor. Scissor me, Daddy Ass. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and Al Snow. And Hardcore Holly came out with the win. Something that really sticks out to me in this match is there was a literal kitchen sink. Billy Gunn hit somebody with a sink. Yep. Which basically <laughs> defines this pay-per-view. Like, <laughs> like literally what? Threw, literally threw the kitchen sink at us. Literally. Literally. Like, it's not even a joke. Okay? For all you kiddos that have never seen this pay-per-view, go watch the first match. You're going to see a goddamn ch- kitchen sink. All right? Well, well I'm, ni- I'm 99% sure Hunter rewatched WrestleMania 15 prior to booking Extreme Rules. Because, <laughs> of course, naturally... A hockey stick had to come out at Extreme Rules, much like Al Snow breaking out a hockey stick during that hardcore match. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's just, at least at that point, the Flyers were actually good. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> what are you talking Sarah? about? What are you talking about? Don't make me go into the score. We don't know when this episode's going to be released. Opening <laughs> night of the Flyers right now, up three to one. They're going to lose, by the way. Who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> oh god mike talk to me about this match so when this pay-per-view first hit i didn't really get to see like the opening card i got to see i think maybe i saw the the taker match the main event and that was about it okay going back and trying to rewatch this match and everything like that it makes me wonder if 
maybe at some point they might have tried to push Hardcore Holly. I know he had that, like, world title run that he had and everything like that, but I just feel like he was kind of like the consummate pro that just did whatever McMahon told him to do. And he was always rewarded with, like, high-profile, like, pay-per-view wins like these mm. where, like, you know, it's Mania and he's usually going over for the most part. Hmm. Mm. Like you can definitely tell who which guys in this era were just like do what I'm told guys and get rewarded guys, and you can tell which guys were just guys being fed to like, yeah, you know, get them a paycheck and send them home. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. even even towards the towards the the end of his career when I started watching, like he was still just that he was gonna he was the guy that was gonna go out there and work for you no matter what. Yeah, he was he also was the like, guy that would beat the shit out of you in the ring though. So. <laughs> He was like William Regal and Fit Finley in that sense where he was always hovering around the mid card. Yeah. Never like the big top guy. And like when I was a kid, I liked them because like I appreciated people that were reliable and showed up and gave you decent matches no matter what. I don't think I've ever seen a bad hardcore Holly match. Oh, I have, but I'm not gonna go there tonight. Uh, I mean he was (laughs) part of he was part of one of the worst pay-per-views of all time, so facts. Um, Thanks, Amy, for making us watch that. <laughs> yes. All right. So this match was uh, it was the smorgasbord that you would expect from a hardcore championship match, right? Yeah. Lots of lots of cool spots. The, like I said, the kitchen sink, famous are on the chair, um, good table spot, yeah. you know, in the corner. So you, you had a little bit of everything. Uh, it it went back to that ECW in in Philly vibe. Uh, definitely gave the fans that that bloodlust to get them through the rest of the night, which is which is a good a good go. I actually kind of liked this match. Um, the three guys in it worked their asses off, and they they took a lot of took a lot of shit doing it. Uh, yeah. So they did they did a good job with this. Um, let's talk about the World Tag Team Championship match: Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett with Deborah versus Test and D'Lo, who, as Key told us earlier, uh, won the opportunity to become a tag team on Sunday night heat right before the pay-per-view uh, and they had ivory in their corner because I believe ivory was with D'Lo at that point uh, as a manager. Yes. So, yes, can, can we pause at Deborah McMichael for a minute? Deborah McMichael. <laughs> Holy crap. Like that Easy outfit there. coming Easy out there, Jerry. Holy crap. I like, I forgot. I, I'm waiting for him to say puppies. Like, let's go. <laughs> It was everything. Deborah was Deborah pulled out all the stops during WrestleMania 15. I was, she was, she had less on than Sable, which is a, a lot to say. <laughs> like holy crap! God bless Jeff Jarrett too, because he was underneath a ton of pressure from Stone Cold to watch what he did and make sure that she didn't get hurt while she was out there. Like there yeah. was a ton of like backstage, like you know. Don't fuck up. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, don't Ruku up. We're on Ruku now because Mike. <laughs> Come on. So everybody gets one. You're, you're crazy. Everybody right gets now. one. So listen, this is 99 is like, it's right. It's right after, it's like a year out from the nation, right? Uh, the nation kind of split up in 98, you know, roundabouts, right? Uh, beginning in 99, maybe. Uh, so this is this is Owen Hart just coming out of the I'm not a nugget run, right? Um, do we think that 
do we think that the people during this time, like obviously people that watch this match now, they're like, oh, it's Owen Hart. Owen Hart was fantastic because he died. But do we think that at this point in time that the crowd was um, interested in what Owen was doing here? Because I get the I get the vibe from the crowd when I watch the show that Owen was not really over. He was not the attraction of the tag team. This was probably out of Jeff Jarrett's entire career, even when he had the WCW title, this is probably the only time in his career where he was doing solid work. He wasn't doing the over the top character and people were getting behind him. So he was not, he was not the star of the show. Let's be honest. None of these guys in this match were the stars of this match. Because this match, Owen Hart, Jeff Jarrett versus D'Lo and Tess. D'Lo and Tess were thrown together last minute. Yeah. I mean, at that point, Tess is getting pushed because mm-hmm. he he was the, uh, the bouncer for, for Motley the... Crew. Yeah. Um, but they weren't the attraction of this match. This the attraction for this match was, and um, sorry, it's 1999 WWF. So the attraction of this match was PMS. It mm. it was Jackie and Terry who interrupted this match, causing D'Lo and Tess to lose. Mm. So the attraction was yeah. the PMS. The yeah. pretty mean sisters. Pretty mean sisters, ladies and gentlemen, listening. On top of that, too, WWE desperately wanted Tess to turn into Kevin Nash. Like in terms of like popularity and ability and everything like that. And they tried to do it way too quick. Yeah. 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 And the fact that he was that he was juicing as much as he was, you know, ended up shortening his lifespan so much. You know, it's it's yeah. sad. Yeah. It's craziness. It's craziness. All right. Let's uh let's keep it rolling here. Match of the night. Match of the here night. Butterbean match of the night. Butterbean and Bart Gun box and Butterbean Butterbean knocks out. I Bart can't Gunn. believe they did the I I just can't believe they put Bart Gunn in there with an actual boxer. Ladies, <laughs> like ladies that is just uh, that is just, just it was punishment. Ladies it and gentlemen, welcome so unsafe. Welcome to the dark side of the ring episode of the Rewind Wrestling Podcast. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say, like <laughs> they were all set to have Dr. Death go up against Stone Cold. They had hope that he was gonna win this thing. And he knocked him the fudge out. I know, thank but you, like, thank but you. still, like, thank you, you for can't... realizing we're on Roku now. <laughs> <laughs> like, just from a safety standpoint, you can't put someone in an actual fight like that against a legitimate boxer. I mean, they thought it was a great idea. Apparently, <laughs> I know. And, and now we and have to all of the trainers all like, oh yeah, Bart Gunn's definitely gonna win this in the third yeah, round. Okay. Bart Gunn's definitely gonna win this. Butterbean mm. just knocked him the hell out. Yeah, it was um, only four hundred pounds. I mean, this yeah. is almost as bad as uh oh god, what's his name? Bradshaw's push being delayed because he put on too much body uh what was it, baby oil or whatever. He was supposed to go real long in one of the uh, Rumble matches, and he got shoved out by accident. Yeah. Womp, 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 womp! <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, 
that's all I can say about this. Like, I'm just I, okay, great. We had a boxing match at WrestleMania. It's not the last time it'll happen. Floyd Money Mayweather comes back you know, not the last a decade, time. And, decade and a half later. So, um, and it actually right. breaks Big Show, Big Show's jaw. <laughs> Speaking of Big Show, great segue. We've got going go into his first ever WrestleMania appearance versus Mankind, which is his first of many losses at WrestleMania <laughs> for the Big Show. <laughs> Yo, you're not wrong. Oh, you know what's really you know what's really messed up. So, um, I recently have been showing my kids, um, some of the late '90s wcw stuff right so that's unfortunate no 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 like like <laughs> i'm talking like 96 97 98 when it was I good know. um oh you gave them homework too well no actually yeah. uh, story time story time with uncle ted um so my uh my middle son and my oldest son each got a wrestling ring with a steel cage um as as toys last year uh one got one for his birthday one got one for christmas um but these cages that you can get you can get them at target they actually combine and you can make war games right and so i was showing my son how to how to do this and he was like dad can can we watch the war match i'm like war games like yeah the war match (laughs) and um and you went to wcw for that (laughs) Well, yeah, because that's where the best war games matches are. But you know what I showed him because because he has toys that I gave him of Hollywood Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, um, the WCW version of Big Show as the Giant. Um, they have Sting, they have Flair, so and they know who all these guys are. So I was like, well, damn, I'll pull out the NWO versus WCW, right? And man, that that match was a great war games match. Number one, um, am I going to say it was a five star match, top of the line? No, but it was a great war games match for what it was because it told a great story with the Sting toy storyline. Anyway, um, if you watch Big Show in his WCW run, um, man, you really understand why WWF signed him. Yeah, he was in shape. He could do drop kicks. He could do all kinds of stuff. Right. And when he got to the Fed man, he just blew it all away. He got lazy, lazy, lazy. He got, you know, out of shape as, you know, as hell. And you know what, man? He's got no one but himself to, uh, to thank for that momentum that he gave himself at the beginning of his WWF run. Because if he had stayed in shape and he had done the kinds of stuff he was doing in WCW in those first two years in the WWF, he would have had a much more successful one-sided you know championship run that he deserved based on what his team now now he also was smoking on the way to the ring too i mean yeah on pay-per-view he was smoking joints walking down (laughs) showing it to the camera in wcw it was like all right well it is what it is five handcuffs that are big enough (laughs) <laughs> so this is what i forgot about 1999 wwf the fact that you can hit a guy with a chair outside of the ring but 
heaven forbid if you bring that chair inside the ring and hit them with the chair. <laughs> That's a disqualification. <laughs> you can hit them outside with it, but you bring that chair in the ring, I swear that bell's gonna ring. <laughs> yeah, that that was one that was one thing that kind of threw me off too. I was like, wait, I thought because for a second I thought it was a no DQ match. I was like, wait, what is going on here? And then oh. it ended in a DQ finish. I was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> and I, I love I love that we got like people turning on Vince, people turning for Vince on this pay-per-view. Like you can tell that this whole pay-per-view was booked around the fact that they were not yet finished with McMahon Austin. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna I mean, say they just like... finished with McMahon Austin last year. Wrestling hit yeah. what with thirty eight? It was the same ending, WrestleMania 15, that was night one of WrestleMania 38. Same finish. Terrible selling of a uh, stunner. And Stone Cold celebrates with beer. I'm just glad that they didn't go off their original plan. Because their original plan, they were going to put Mankind into the main event. They were going to make it a triple threat. Mm. And they were going to have him eat the pin to protect the rock. Yeah, that that really doesn't do that doesn't do much for anyone in that match, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, mankind, big show, big show gets DQ'd, and uh, then he, he then knocks gets out Vince McMahon. Knocks out Vince McMahon and gets arrested. Gets arrested. Uh, they found mankind. handcuffs big enough, cause yeah, they <laughs> noticed they they mankind the went back to the, the police car. Mankind went to the hospital. He didn't go to a local medical facility. Yeah, he went went to to the hospital. hospital. It was mentioned a number of times in that pay per view. That's impressive. Getting from that's because they don't understand that a crackhead can make his way from tenth and uh, tenth and Walnut (laughs) to you know that stadium pretty quickly on the orange line. Oh Jesus! Oh my God! Like ten, fifteen minutes tops. Oh, I, I hate you so much right now. Um, also, like I said, they didn't even they didn't even put Big Show in a cop car. They just threw him in the back of a car. He was undercover. Really? He was undercover. <laughs> undercover. Was Come Rizzo on, still around? Was Rizzo still around? Kevin loved this. Okay. No. eleven year old me love this. I know he wasn't. I'm I'm, I'm fucking around. I'm fucking around. Jesus, Roku take a joke. I'm ro- I'm sorry. I'm Rokuing around. Thank Perfect. you. Someone has to keep order on this show. <laughs> That's my oh, one yeah, for the week. You. Leave me alone. you said it um, twice. I, I use it in the same sentence. It still counts. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> two. All right. So next match on the card here. Fatal four-way for the Intercontinental Championship. Road Dog defeats Ken Shamrock, Val Venus, and Goldust. And I was Goldust so has, confused watching this match. Goldust has Blue Meanie and Ryan Shamrock with him. Yeah. But like it wasn't a fatal four way though. It was like a tag team singles match. I was so confused. There's a four corners elimination match for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. It was a fatal it was a fatal four way match that had singles rules to it. So singles rules at Shamrock and um Oh Venus, Goldust, Rodolf. Yeah, Shamrock and Val Venus got counted out. And then it was so, just down to Rodog and Goldust. Yeah. 
So this was the era with the IC title where like there was a good like one or two year period of time where they weren't using it as a launch pad. And I also feel like the reason why they weren't using it as a launch pad was because they didn't know who they had yet because the roster was so top heavy with like main event guys. I mean, you look at the cards and like years later, a lot of these guys turned out to be big stars, but like on any given night on raw, it was a main event card. Like it was a hall of fame card from top to bottom. Everybody involved was a hall of fame member at some point. So like, this is before that they thought that edge was going to turn into a thing. This is before they thought that Christian was going to pan out and they didn't, they were just at the threshold of getting guys like Triple H, Mankind, and all these other guys into the upper card. So, like, it was just a really weird time for the IC title because it was the first time in its inception where the guys that they were throwing it on were just transition guys to the next guy. And they were just trying to see what would stick. Mm. That's a great point. And That's I mean, really like, you look at Goldust, this was gold dust in the time period where like he basically he had his peak at mania when he had the piper match which really god's honest truth was supposed to be a world title match between him and razor razor kind of screwed himself out of the world title with that um but after that mania match like the whole androgynous character thing just kind of wore itself out yeah and like we know this because he leaves afterwards for like what four months goes and does the creepy like hang outside the kid's window character and then freaks out when he debuts yeah wcw and like i mean i guess out of all four of these guys like road dog was the guy to give it to because he was the workhorse out of all of them but I think they, like, out of all of them, I think they were trying to hope that, like, Val Venus would have turned out to be something if any of them were the launch pad. Well, guy. he had the build. I mean, yeah. You know, Vince Vince has always been a body guy, and Val had the had the body on him. Speaking and the ladies of, loved him. So, not for, not for nothing, even I had the plants. I had never actually seen, I, I mean, I know who Val Venus was, but I'd never seen him wrestle. I never heard him talk. I did not expect him to sound like that. Hello. <laughs> and that was equipped with the hot girl zoom in every time by the way uh-huh. always like four or five hot girls you zoom in on so speaking of road dog i had an interesting fan interaction this week um we were uh mike is scaring the audience away right now um <laughs> so uh I hadn't even started watching Raw yet because as I as I've told you guys multiple times on and off air, I don't watch Raw live, right? Uh, if I'm going to watch it on Monday night, I will wait until like an hour and a half into the show and then I'll start it from my DVR and that way I can skip through the commercials. And by the time I get through that hour and a half of programming, I've got maybe like 20 minutes left in the show, right? So I hadn't started watching Raw yet. And listener Dan... uh tags me on facebook on my on my personal account and he goes at ted did road dog eat billy gun <laughs> i saw that and i was just like oh, oh, man. Man. <laughs> i mean you look at billy gun and like yeah, billy Gunn's still juicing. Down, like, <laughs> no he's got his own pre-workout <laughs> like billy gun like 
he's almost as big as Hogan size wise. And you don't know it until you see him around smaller guys. Right. Which is everybody on AEW. Oh yeah. <laughs> big daddy ass a monster on AEW. He walks yeah. around the backstage area going, anybody want to take a famous show? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, this any match with Ken Shamrock in it, and and Dustin Reynolds in it, you know, is <laughs> is gonna be a good match. I mean, um, I just love at one point Ken literally just like is so like, eh. it's not just that like he's an intense person just because of like his background and stuff, but like you almost expect him to be on some type of steroid because he just got up at one point and just screamed in the ref's face and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Kev, Kev, tell me your thoughts about this match, brother. I, I mean, you have a gold dust in this match who's equipped with Blue Meanie and Ryan Stamrock for who knows what reason <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, I guess the Blue Meanie's out there because he's from Philadelphia. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, well, didn't didn't Goldust get lumped in with the job squad for a little while there? Like, no, I mean your, your like main job squad members were Hardcore Holly, Al Snow, Blue Meanie, and Stevie so Richards, and Stevie Richards, right? So uh, maybe maybe he was in there for a little bit. By the way, great great faction, the job squad, great faction. <laughs> Um, we'll watch our episode on factions pretty soon. The road dog without Big Daddy ass, kind of awkward seeing, obviously. Uh, we said that, obviously we did not say that on the podcast, but we said that prior to recording the podcast, not having the New Age Outlaws together, him saying you're intercontinental champion and not tag team champions of the world, kind of very awkward. And Ken Shamrock just looked like he was going through the motions. I mean, he didn't, so, he didn't have Billy Gunn Monday night either, so. He ate him. <laughs> he ate him. He's, he's doing he some. Uh, all of, he took all the pre-work out. He's doing some office work. <laughs> so, that was pretty good. <laughs> so somebody pointed this out to me, and it's actually something that uh, you can actually, like, see it with uh, James Storm. But Ken Shamrock is also another person that when he knows he's going to lose a match, the energy when he comes out to the ring, yeah. you can just kind of tell by, like, the look on his face. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that really hurt him with his, like, credibility in WWE. Because, like, anytime he was due to lose a match, it was always, you know, like, he'd do the whole rah thing. But then instantly afterwards, it's just, like, half effort, like, yeah. body language just stale. <sighs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, let's keep it going here. Next up, Kane Tombstones Pete Rose in a <laughs> in a chicken costume. Oh okay. man. Philadelphia fans are gonna cheer this moment. <laughs> and we and Philadelphia fans did cheer it, which was the funniest part. Yes. Yes. Well, um, I mean he did what he accused was accused of what he was doing. How many games did he tank for Philly, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he won a World Series. So, we we kind of give it – we kind of like, okay. That, that's off. a whole However, different podcast. 
That is a whole, a whole different, different podcast. podcast. <laughs> this summer is a whole nother. We could go into Key, the dark side of Pete Rose. Key, I, I mean, don't want to do that. You, actually, you can bring back the Philly fan sports podcast and have and have all three of us on, and we'll talk about <laughs> Pete Rose for an episode. You know, that's gonna um, be a long. Let's, episode. let's talk about Kane. <laughs> Kane versus Triple H, shall and, we? And, yeah, and and so first of all, Kane doing a uh, what was it, a plancha over the top. My man could move back in the day. Glenn Jacobs out there doing doing little guy stuff. It's almost Glenn, not fair. You mean the mayor of Knox County? <laughs> the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. You know, I mean this I this guy was mean. out there was out there doing the damn thing, and and you know he made Triple H look fantastic. It was weird game. seeing Triple H wearing long pants. I always loved Triple H's <laughs> long gear better than the short short gear. Thank you. I'm just not. Right. I'm just not used to it because he's always had the t- like the classic look. Classic yeah. look. I so loved the Triple H bad. long gear. Love the Triple H long gear. So he I guess stayed the, that way his whole career. He didn't the like the biker biggest... shorts. No, I didn't like the biker <laughs> shorts. I thought you loved it. The biggest Scott uh, Steiner match. Biggest storyline change that this did was China turning on Kane and going back to Degeneration X. For a minute. For about, <laughs> yeah, 30 seconds. So, yeah, I mean, not much yeah. to that match whatsoever. And it's, uh, man, it was it's... set up for later in the night. That's what it was. Yeah, it was, that's exactly what it was. But, but man, is it also like, it's crazy to me to think of like 1997 China and then see 1999 China. And I'm like, damn, that's a transformation. Huge change. Huge change. Like before there was a Charlotte Flair change, there was a China change. You know? (laughs) And the best is DX pointed that out too. Yeah. So they would point out the changes of China as the changes of China happened. That's what made wrestling so great. It's like, is it something new? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Will, talk, talk to me a little bit about this match. I mean, like I said, it was really more of a setup for later in the night. I mean, it was it's early Triple H and Kane, so obviously from what I'm used to seeing from them, it was a little slower than what they were able to do earlier on in their career like it was a solid match mm. Mm. there's also the second longest match on the card yeah <laughs> yeah even even back then triple h had the pull out of rousing <laughs> 11 minutes and 33 seconds made up for the warrior match yeah right because what was smokes. it uh when we went to mania ted him and batista had what the second longest match on the card too <laughs> longest match on the card if you count the entrances oh true yeah it was like 45 Jesus. minutes which by the way none of those in wrestlemania 15 no 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 entrances whatsoever that stick out as like oh my god this is a moment no i mean the biggest and, the biggest entrance like that was really the brood yeah and the best is they didn't mention this is a wrestlemania moment whatsoever 
Yeah, they never said that once. <laughs> never. You didn't get there. I think maybe the first time you really get there is X8. You know, with that fatal four-way match. That might be the first time they really start going that direction. And kind of don't want to hear it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, now you've gone back. And... Wrestle... We, we know it's a WrestleMania moment, Michael Cole. We know. You don't need to tell us. Thank it's you. At WrestleMania. Yeah, it was, Therefore, honestly, it was kind of nice to hear Michael Cole like commentate, but not like scream the whole time. <laughs> well, did did he con? Was he on commentary for this people? Yeah, it was him and it was him and King up until the main event. Up until the main event, right, right, yeah. right. and then Jr. came out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. Know, it's funny because I like I watched the pay per view, but I watched it like in passing, just to kind of refresh myself on the mm-hmm. on the show. And uh, I don't I think, think I, turned... I was the only one that actually had to pay attention. And uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, I didn't. I don't think I turned the sound on one time. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I'm not mistaken, like from when I watched it, like Kane went over, right? Yeah. So this is yet yeah, again another the... where Triple H loses. Went over the only way uh, Triple H would let him go over at the time. Disqualification. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I just this is, this is really before Trips has the has the real stroke. Sorry, though. Hunter would let or sorry Vince would let him go. Disqualification. I need looking Hunter. at matches. I need like Hunter this. later on tonight. Looking at matches like this and some of the stuff like you know the Warrior match and everything like that. For all the times that he gets accused of burying people, Hunter ate a lot of yeah, a lot of garbage before he got into the spot that he was in. And I always yeah. had respect for him in that regard. And when it's been the right person to put over, he's always put the right people over. Because nine times out of ten, the people that I see on podcasts complaining about being buried did absolutely nothing outside of WWE. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't take away from Triple H's contribution to the to the business. You can't do it. Like you, you can't not acknowledge it. It's like saying John Cena didn't really matter. You know? Yeah, for sure. All right, we got to keep it moving though. We're running we're running a little long here. Uh, Women's Championship: Sable versus Tori. Can we all just do the woohoo? I mean, we could talk oh, about this. It match was for hours. Not, it was a typical nineties '90s. '90s era women's wrestling match. Yep, we could talk about this match for hours. Nicole Bass comes out, uh, attacks uh, Sable, regains. All right, yep. moving on. Shane McMahon versus X Pac. X Pac <laughs> yeah. versus X Punk. <laughs> yeah. So listen, I was never a fan of Shane having that European Championship. I thought it diminished the championship. Even as a kid, I was like. Why does a McMahon have a championship right now? And then, you know, later Vince would go on to win the WWF championship. I'm like, well, fuck all this, you know, but um, a Roku, all this. Sorry. Sorry, Kev. I know your virgin years over there are burning. So I missed that one. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I stopped paying but... attention as soon as you stopped saying Sable. <laughs> <laughs> um, the biggest thing about this match to me is, is the heel turn, man. That's the biggest thing about this match. Yeah. I mean, it was a good match. You know, Shane Shane never really disappointed at this point when he would put on a match. You know, he always did all the fun stuff and he took all the bumps and he did all the stuff, you know. And Pac can make almost anyone look good. Sean Waltman is, you know, 
to make a broomstick look good. He was Adam Cole before there was Adam Cole, you know? And let's be honest, this is the biggest, like, thing that really came out of the pay-per-view. And yeah. yeah. Not the spoiler alert or anything like that, but if you thought that Stone Cold wasn't going to win the world title in this main event, I mean... You're smoking some crack. Yeah. But that guy, but that guy <laughs> on the orange line. <laughs> Like, I don't think you really spoiler alert something that happened in 99, no. Nobody <laughs> had Triple H turning on DX. Yeah. Honestly, even like knowing that he like eventually does like he doesn't like I didn't know it actually happened at Mania. Yeah. Well, it's funny because as soon as they as soon as I see uh Shane McMahon versus X Pac, I go, Oh, oh yeah, this is the one that Triple H turns on him. Got it, perfect. Yeah. And said some one of the one of the best uh, comedy tag teams of all time, X Pac and Kane. <laughs> Sets it up. Yeah. My all time favorite development from this was arguably Triple H's best theme, and he only used it like three times, and it was the corporate player theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one. And Don't forget, this lower, also yeah. set up X Factor. This oh, also set up X Factor. With just incredible and Albert, and Uncle Cracker, <laughs> and Uncle Cracker theme music. Never forget, never forget. What um, if I want to go on, but never forgotten. Uh, <laughs> you know. By the way, we've had Just Incredible on the show. Yeah, go friend check out of that the interview show. with him. He's a friend of the show. Um, okay. Perhaps the most controversial thing to happen on the show. Uh, <laughs> there's no controversy here hell in a cell match what do you between, mean between undertaker and big boss man first of all great big man match yes great big man match man you forget how well boss man could go out there and do the damn thing you know so um, this is ministry of darkness undertaker which the music is interesting yes yes and the brood being part of the ministry was just you know, it was perfect. It's perfection. You know, um, but let's 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 skip the the match because we can all acknowledge it was a great match, right? People have heard that a million times. Let's talk about what happened after the match, please. Okay. Oh, Cuz has something to say. Hold on, Cuz disagrees with me. He's giving me the look. Go ahead, Cuz. What did I say wrong now? And make sure you uh, edit your language. Yeah, Ted's <laughs> at like fifteen. Watch your this was the last of the average Undertaker Mania matches for a while. This was not. It wasn't a terrible match, but it still like belongs in that like first chunk of Undertaker, like the Mania matches that you don't need to watch. I mean, so, like, I'm, I'm not going to say it was a five-star match either. It was yeah. a solid match. But it was a great big man match. It's hard to have a great two great big men trapped inside of a structure. It's hard to make that work. I'm just saying, like, of it, when they attach the it's Hell in a Cell... my top five. <laughs> when they attach the Hell in a Cell to it, and for the outcome to be what the outcome was... It was one of those, like, stop and stare and go, why did this happen moments? Because 11-year-old Kevin needed it to happen, okay? <laughs> 11-year-old Kevin needed to see a man be I, 
Yeah, and that, that's why it was that, a cell match, in my opinion. Moment, all right? The only reason it was a cell match year old Kevin hand. wanted to see. It was The Undertaker versus The Big Boss Man, so The Boss Man could die in the hell in a cell. And, and Sable Ironically, he does. Uh, and Stone Cold versus The Rock. No, it was Sable and Tori. Stop lying. Stop lying. You didn't give a shit about Stone Cold winning the championship. You just wanted to see them titties. I was <laughs> a giant mark for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Giant. And still disappointed my father and my mother, who said they'd buy me WrestleMania 15 tickets and never did. And then for my birthday, it's the one thing I asked for my 11th birthday. Uh, and then they said, oh, we'll buy you the pay-per-view. You can watch the pay-per-view. Guess what? Couldn't get the pay-per-view because they didn't figure out how to do it. So how was I watching the pay-per-view? Through the blurry screen on channel 99. The I, I remember those days, little, man. Trying to catch a little bit of what's going on, listening to the music, trying to catch every other JR word. It was great. Yep, yep. That and the box. Who remembers the box? Yeah, the box on cable. You You guys are old. That was the original way to do uh, requested music on television was the box. You'll Um, never get it, OG. You'll never get it. That was like the only time that like ICP was in the top 10 of anything was because of the box. (laughs) True. Well, leave ICP alone. They're great WWF superstars. Which also you can hear on our best faction, best fraction uh, podcast coming out soon. Best fractions, best fractions. fractions yes, yes. Uh, because there were two, there were two of the ICP, and there's one faction that wasn't the ICP. So you have to go one half. This is Steiner math, obviously. Oh, as we go on. <sighs> All right. So listen, um, Paul. Ba- yeah. So Paul Bear and Undertaker home. and the Brood hang the big boss man. Legit noose around the man's neck. Oh, it's not the first time that we've done something controversial like that in Philly at a wrestling show. We could honestly say that was a WrestleMania moment. Yeah. Can't that believe Michael Cole did not bring it up at that point. So, um, not, you know, there's not a lot else to talk about. You know, it's exactly what you expected it to be. And we also, all know the how Taker did the boss man survive that? I'm still impressed. How did the man not actually die from that? He was still pissed about his dad's his dad's funeral. You know, which was part of the storyline, just so we're clear. His neck was made of country ham. <laughs> that's that also sense. that's also accurate. That's also accurate. <laughs> All right, main event time, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. Stone Cold goes over to become a two-time WWF champion. Beats Corporate Rock. Um, perhaps moment of the night, you know, feel good moment of the night anyway, unless you count Sable's entrance. Um, you or know, Deborah McMichaels. Or Deborah McMichaels. <laughs> um, you know, Stone Cold's like, damn, I gotta go out there and follow my wife. Damn it, you know. Um, or maybe okay, then girlfriend. Later. Sorry, dark side of the ring again. I oh Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, stop it, oh, stop it. Um. This match was exactly what you like. Cuz said earlier, like if you didn't expect Stone Cold to win this match, you were wrong. <laughs> like, you know, um, this this was exactly the way you thought it would. Guys, kind of finishes up. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time. I think this might be the first time anyone kicked out of a stunner ever. It might be, you know, um, which made the match that much more dramatic. I think, mm-hmm. um, really, really did its, its due diligence. 
on this match. Uh, any any thoughts any of you guys have on the main event? The corporate elbow. The corporate elbow. <laughs> Only slightly cheesier than the people's elbow. Oh, man. It's such a dumb move. Yes. Yes. I mean, this, this match alone sets up one of the best feuds in WWF yeah. history. It's yeah. literally the beginning of... Cold. This is the yeah, first this is the first peak of many mountain peaks for Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon. Was it this Yeah, I mean you have two great feuds in one match. You have Stone Cold versus McMahon and Stone Cold versus The Rock. Yeah. I mean just those continue. Yeah. Ted. Yo. Wasn't this Austin's third time? Uh Austin so I believe as champion or Hold on, I'll fact check. You guys talk about the match. I was I'll fact say, check. Um, Jamie, fact check. There's no Jamie tonight. No, 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 no. <laughs> Never mind. Because his third reign came after he lost the title for like 24 hours to Kane. And then he won it like the next Raw. <laughs> yes, which was, I believe, Typical later that WWE. year. <laughs> which was later that year. Because it was that triple threat match, uh, Undertaker and Kane. Or Undertaker versus Kane versus Stone Cold. But I I do know that like the sad thing was is like it seemed like Austin was on borrowed time because he left with injury for a little while and dropped it to Undertaker, which at the time it didn't make any sense to me at all. And then I'm not sure if he went back from Undertaker or not though. I'm looking right now. Give me a moment. Um, but I mean, like the match overall seemed it to me. Like obviously, I didn't grow up in that era, so like the just the WWE style of match is a little different. But like that was still a very entertaining match to me. Yeah, especially battling realize... through the the first Union Center. <laughs> I didn't realize that he had a broken neck. Well, so when I watched the match, I I was like, like. I had heard everybody hype up Stone Cold, and when I watched the match, like I was like, okay, he's all right, but like I thought that like Rock was the better worker at the time, and then like I found out that he had the broken neck this entire time, and I was like, holy crap! Like this dude wrestled with a broken neck, and this is like before Angle. Yeah, I got the answer. Right. Broken, broken freaking neck. All What's right. the answer, Keith? So you, you were correct, and I was wrong, and it's very rare that I'm wrong. Stone Cold won the title first. <laughs> Uh, on March 29th, 1998, WrestleMania 14. 14. Um, Kane then won it from him at King of the Ring uh, in June of that year. Stone Cold won it the next night. He then vacated the title. The Rock uh, got the title Rock to Survivor Mankind Series. The then Mankind. Then The Rock again. Then Mankind again. Then The Rock again. And then Stone Cold won it back at WrestleMania 15. So that, that was, was his... So no, it would have been his third time because he vacated. This would be his third time. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes sense. Well, listen. Let's let's go around real quick here. Round table. Uh, give it a letter grade or a star ranking or whatever you want to do. I'll start with Key because this is his show. I mean, it's a five star pay per view. It's from Philly. It's <laughs> WrestleMania 15. I mean, obviously, it's a five star pay per view. I'm not going to rank it any lower than a five star pay per view. All right. OG. Philadelphia, man. It's Philadelphia, uh, home of the fight-ins. <laughs> I mean, I was thoroughly entertained. 
as weird as the the pay per view was, I was thoroughly entertained. So five star. Thank you, Will. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it five just just for Kev. Nice, cause uh, kid me thought it was a big deal. Adult me watching it, maybe like a three point seven five. Okay, all right. I give it like actually a, a higher grade than I thought you did, Mike. <laughs> I, I, I gave it, I gave it like a three and a half myself. I gave it like a three and a half myself. So it averages out to be five. Perfect. So, <laughs> my uh, my friends listening and watching at home, let us know your thoughts in the comments below. Hit us up on social media at Rewind Podcast. W R E W I N D P O D C A S T. Go grab your your merch at WaterManeuver.net. Go grab your tickets for Coastal Championship Wrestling at ccwrestlingfl.com slash events. And uh, friends, we will catch you guys next time here on Rewind Wrestling Radio.